Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 81 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and if you're wondering why uh, things sound so funny, it's because I'm podcasting from my car, but back at the home studio is Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you? Good, Robbie. Good, mate. Like, we're all good podcasts, mate, mate. You're in the car. That's, that's where it all happens, I think. Uh, and anyone can do a podcast from the, uh, the the comfort of their home studio, even from outside of a public library, Lewis. But uh, how many people actually podcast from the front seat of their car because they've been locked out of their house? Now, that's... <laughs> I thought you weren't going to tell everyone, mate. Oh, no, it's it's full disclosure here for all of our Two Vets Talk Pets listeners, Lewis. Not only am I locked out of the car, locked out of the house, uh, luckily I'm in the car because it's a little bit chilly outside at the moment in Melbourne, but um, I can't even hear any of Lewis's uh, myriad of sound effects. So he's been trying to say to me, can you hear this? Can you hear this? Before he pressed record. And and so literally any sound could be playing and I've got no idea at all what Lewis is playing over the top of me here, but I'm sure it's appropriate. Mate, I've got a whole, sure. lot of, whole lot of wonderful sound effects queued for, queued for this episode, and uh, and we're not going to use any of them. It's, it's a little bit sad. Oh, no. Go on, mate. Let it, let it slide. Let, let, it, let, let, it, let it roll. Let it roll. Let um, it, well, let, as you're talking, mate, that was a drum roll I just played then, if anyone yeah, oh, could hear nice that. One. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's seamless. Yeah. Hey, now, um, are we going to talk about the elephant in the room, Lewis, which is the um, the massive media storm that's blown up over our uh, Two Vets Talk Pets expose on uh, uh, Choice Magazine's anti, uh, anti-pet insurance bent that seems to have exploded all over the media this week? Oh, of course, mate. Well, look, we got onto it. And look, big media just uh, obviously listened to, the, to our last podcast and this has blown up, hasn't it? Oh, it, it has just gone bananas. Like you've been sending me links through through work all day. I've had to I've had to shut up shop and sort of leave early in order just to try and keep my finger on the pulse on what's happening, Lewis. Well, it's amazing that Choice, uh, the big big media's come out and Choice has named their worst products of the year. So, they... well, what do they call their awards? Yeah, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, worst? Is, is it, I think from memory, was it the Shonky Awards? Ah, yes, it was the Shonky Awards. The Shonky. So listed with the uh, with the IKEA fridge that doesn't keep anything cold, and right. and the AMP superannuation that leaves you with less money than what you put in at the start. They've oh, all... crikey! That that sounds like the superannuation company that I'm with. I better have a quick look at that. Uh, and and uh, they've lumped pet insurance, mate. As as the shonky shonky award of the year, which you know we talked to Mags Magdalene Awad from Petsure last week about it, it really doesn't doesn't agree with with our experience with with pet insurance. We certainly, you know, I guess there's plenty of people that that we don't see their animals ever that have got pet insurance that don't use it, but the people yep. that need it when they use it and uh, and they get their money back, they're very very you know very happy with it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so it sounds like it's been um. You know, it's been a pretty big thing. So where, um, like, you sent me through a link, so it was on uh, 
uh, on on uh, the Murdoch Press on news.com.au. Is that right? Yeah. That was where one of the spots where they uh, where they started publicising it, and then all of a sudden there's just been a flurry of stuff of uh, of uh, Pet Shore and other pet insurance places trying to uh, trying to stick up for their product. Yeah, well, the uh, the two vets talk pets uh, bat phone, mate. It has been running hot today. We we were has asked it? asked many interviews. Unfortunately, we were both just too busy, so, so too we, had to, busy. we had to farm it out to others, of course. And, and I'm locked out of my car, I'm locked out of my house. <laughs> I mean, it's okay to podcast out of your car, but it's no good doing an in-depth uh, expose interview on, on the, yeah, as you say, the myriad of media outlets that are scrambling for a, an expert opinion that only the Two Vets Talk Vets podcast can provide. So I, I've just, I've just, I've dropped the ball on that one, which is a shame. Yeah, well, when Neil Mitchell rings you on a, on a private number, mate, I don't know answer those you know it could be anyone that could be that could yeah. be uh, madagascar for all we know I, I, I only uh, I only answer the private numbers from Tunisia just in case it's a uh, Nigerian prince who's uh you know, who, who owes me 200 bucks yeah wants to take over your superannuation yeah absolutely yeah yeah he's offering me just as good a deal as the other ones that are on the shonky award if not better by the sounds of it and a yeah. fridge and, and a, we'll throw in a free fridge too yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guaranteed to maintain room temperature. Yeah. Room temperature. <laughs> That's right. Or call it a, an ice chest. An ice chest, yeah. mate. <laughs> Speaking of ice uh, chest, how how now yeah, we haven't talked about this, and I didn't, didn't actually bring. We haven't brought it up for a while because you've been a little bit on the on the cool about it. How marathon preparation, mate? How yeah? How you going? So, so we've got I've got the Melbourne Marathon this this weekend. So in uh, in three days, and uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. I'm not I'm not too sure. I um so I started off. I think we mentioned a couple of months ago about how I hurt my hip just leading into the uh, into the 12 week prep, and yep. um so been been managing that and was getting the distances that I needed to and and you know reasonable times and all that sort of stuff and that was great, but then uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was uh, halfway through my uh, final long run uh, for the training before I started tapering down. I started getting a really bad pain in my foot. So oh. that's um, kind of hobbled me a bit. So I've um, been getting some uh, intensive treatment, trying to see whether or not I can get uh, get through it. And I, so I'm going to I'm going to give it a crack, but in, in no way, shape, or form am I uh, am I optimistic. Yeah, you know, but I'm going to give it a give it a shot. If it happens, it happens, and if not, then you know, I guess there's always next year, and there's always other marathons. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a funny old feeling, you know, that you you when you've been preparing for something, and then your body you know plays up on you but you still know that in the end that it's not sheep stations you know like you're trying to uh, trying to reconcile in my head that if i do have to pull out at 15 or 20 or 35 k's that it's not you know it's not the end of the world but it's uh, i I still think on the day like if i do have to pull out it's going to be pretty disappointing so yeah well the sun will rise tomorrow or the next day mate or you know the sun will set you know so it it, it is not the end of the world problems yeah, first exactly. And is, look, speak, speaking of first world problems, mate, you do bring up an interesting point there. Your um, uh, thoughts, uh, Christina's thoughts on on the foot massage is is that is that a preparation that that you've implemented with Christina, or or is that purely for your uh, for your myotherapist? 
Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Purely for my remedial massagist, Sarah, if she's listening, hi. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, big, big shout out to Sarah. She's been uh, you know, tend- tending to my sore muscles. And then um, uh, that's the reason why we've got to, uh, I have to podcast out of my car, out of my locked house, because uh, I've then got my physio appointment with the wonderful Anthony Selby uh, this afternoon at uh, at six o'clock. He's going to give me my final go, no go for launch for, uh, for Sunday. Is, so, is he coming um, to the car to do that? Is, is that where that's at? Or, or are you likely to keep? Can you drive the car to where you got to go? I, I, I can drive the car. I do have the keys to drive the car. I just don't have the keys on the car keys to get in the house. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable enough podcasting in the car. I think getting, um, you know, getting uh, physiotherapologically um, uh, uh, manipulated in the backseat of a car. You know, there's, we've got all these new neighbours, Lewis, and I think it'd be, uh, they, they, they look at me strangely enough as it is, let alone having, you know, uh, me, me with my legs out the window and then someone trying to, uh, trying to work on the upper thigh, you know, I think it'd be... Uh, it's just gonna, it's just going to create more questions. That, for that's just going to bring police around, mate, uh, banging on the roof, going, "What are you two up to in there?" Absolutely, yeah, t- or, or worse, Christina walks around the corner with the kids, trying to go from the swimming lessons, and, and says, "Oh, hang on, what's going on here?" You know. Yeah, she, she'll go. Robbie thinks he's sixteen again. What's going on? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or the police come around and say, "Why don't you two get a room?" I said, "Well, I can't. I don't have keys to get into the house." <laughs> Give me a room, just a key. Give me a key. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe... right. Yeah, well, I've, I've got a room with a key and bars as well. Yeah. Oh, no, that's what I'm talking about, sir. If you could just help me break into this house, officer, that that, that everything would be sorted. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what's been happening this week, mate? Anything exciting at work? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we actually had a um a, a very distraught client come in today, mate. Um. She, she came in and said to the nurses, oh, my goodness, you, you have to help me. There's a, This is terrible. I've got a um, – I've found a snake. There's a snake oh. out in the bushes. Oh. And so and so automatically, you know, like the – You think in the backseat of the car, I suppose. You think in the backseat of the car scenario, maybe? Well, well, no, no. She found it in the bushes nearby the clinic. Oh, you know, a, right, a right, right. A different sort of snake to that, mate. Not, not one of those snakes that you would find in the backseat of a, you know, backseat of a Volkswagen or anything like that. Backseat um, of a panel van. Yes, yes. I'm with you. That's exactly right. Now, 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 given where um the the the. The, the tyranny of distance that we've got here. I'm just sending you through the images now through to your phone, mate, so you can have a little look and uh, and see this snake. So she took one of the nurses out to go out and have a look at this snake. And when they've come in, I said, so uh, so what What was the snake, guys? And they've gone, uh, well, look, I'm pretty sure it wasn't actually a real snake. I said, either that or uh, we've discovered the first Australian rubber, uh, oh, rubber cobra. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's a, it's, oh, someone's been to the, the, the Melbourne show, mate, and got the uh, got the show bag with the with the pretend snake in it, it looks like. Got Got the gag bag, Lewis, and uh, and and stuck the uh, the snake under the bushes, and absolutely freaked this client out, um, and and me as well because like, yeah. I was, um, I, I'm not I'm not a uh, not a big fan of snakes. I'm as far as the uh, Orson Wells, you know, uh, four legs good, two legs bad. I go one step further and say no legs worse. So. Uh, so it's, any 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 sort of a slithering sort of a, a creature of a reptilian nature. No, I'm I'm usually snagglepussing it out of there. So so you don't think it was planted there, mate, to scare the vet? You think uh, you think? Well, it else could have been. It? Yeah, 
It could have been. We did that once when we were kids. My, my grandfather had a property out in um, out in Pearsdale. Um, and after he passed away, we were out in the back shed cleaning it up. And uh, we'd, we'd actually, uh, my brother and I, being the scamps that we were, we had a rubber snake. And because um, it was out in Pearsdale, they used to have a lot of problems with snakes out there. Yep. And so we uh, we got this rubber snake and curled it up and put it under a Heston sack in the corner of the shed. And so his dad's going around and cleaning it up. He's um, he's moved the uh, the Heston sack and he's going, come on hell! And then, uh, you know, and, and so we're sniggering around in the corner laughing like hell. And so dad's gone to go get the shovel to try and, uh, you know, uh, heroically you know, G- manipulate. Gen- gently shoo-, shoo it away, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah by separating its neck from its, uh, its head from its neck. <laughs> but um, those and, were the old uh, days. We don't do that anymore. No, no, not at all, not at all. It's no, protected back, species. Back 80s, mate, yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Dad, um, Dad then realised it's a rubber snake, and he didn't see the funny side of it, Lewis. I'm not sure why. Really, really, and yeah, no. yeah, grounded, grounded, brief, briefly, mate. Uh, stuck in the car for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, had, I had my house key privileges taken away from me again. So, um, <laughs> full circle, mate. Full circle. Full circle, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how uh, how how life can sometimes just to just come back around again, and you start sort of reminiscing and and the realizing the same things happen to you as you get older. Yeah. Now this week we we at work we had a a Polish vet student at work. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Which is which is really interesting. She, uh, I think she's uh, she, as 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 is uh, the way these days. The the. Uh, globalization of the world. She'd met an Australian uh, b- boy, a young gentleman, while while he was holidaying in Poland, um, and yep. then so she'd come out to Australia, and she was you know interested in doing. Um, she's obviously studying in Poland, but um, you know interested in doing the Australian board stuff, so she can register to be a vet out here to work where uh, you know a fiance, I think it is now, can, can yeah, be. Right. So she was out you know learning some stuff and all sorts of thing. English is really quite good, and she's sort of walking around the clinic, and there's a, one of the nurses has put one of our two vets talk pet stickers on one of the one of the doors a bit of a bit of a sort of a joke and she's got walked past and gone hang on is that you and i've gone yes yes <laughs> yes yes that's me and she's gone is that really you i've gone yes that's, that's me i know that uh you know a photo was taken 20 years ago but it's a good it's a good one it's a good, it's a good one i've got a bit more hair on it. <laughs> and and she said yeah she said oh that's amazing because when i was in poland we had yep. a vet student from a, a student from Australia come out who was Polish to talk to yep. us about working in um, uh, in Australia as, as a yep. vet. Yep. And she said part of their lecture that they gave was if you want to know how Australia works and how Australians vets talk, you need to listen to this podcast. Oh really? So how's that, mate? In the middle of of, uh, of Poland, they've been told to listen to our podcast for our Australian accents, for the way well, we nice. talk. So, so we're required reading for the Polish uh, Polish vet vet degree. Pretty pretty sure we're on the syllabus, mate. Yep, yep, pretty sure. Nice one. Yeah, the oral exam. I think I think we're taking some questions. Exactly where we need to be, too. <laughs> That's right. So you know, it's about time the Victorian vet school gets gets on board as well. Yeah, you know, our old alumnus uh, at Melbourne. Surely, surely it's time we receive a phone call from uh, uh, from, from uh, Professor Hinchcliffe, the uh, the dean there, to uh, to try and get us over there to to get uh, our podcast on the syllabus at uh, at Melbourne. Too. Oh, I'm sure it's in the books, mate. I'm sure it's on the cards. It's got to be, hasn't it? Good enough for Poland, good enough for Melbourne, surely. Exactly. So there you go. There's We've got a big, big set of vet students in Poland. So big shout out to you guys if you are listening and um, and say good day if you want to. Say good day on the socials or or the uh, the email and send us a question if you've got any. 
And, and, and if you are coming, uh, coming to Melbourne, um, bring us some pierogi. That'd be great. What's that? Pierogi, it's a, it's a Polish dish. It's like, uh, like, like dumplings. I was going to say, it'd have to be dumplings. That's about the only yeah. thing. They love the dumplings, the Polish dumplings. And maybe beer. I'm sure they do a good beer. Everywhere in the world does what? good beer. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. No doubt. Yeah. What? That's pretty cool. So, so you've had some, uh, we've had some, some yeah, global recognition yeah. that's then come back to your, come back to your doorstep. That's in- great. Incredible, mate. Incredible. Now, also, um, I, I the other week went to um, a behaviour meeting where there was some dog trainers and that sort of thing. Uh, that uh, that one of uh, my vet colleagues runs in Caroline Springs in Melbourne, and we had, they yep. were chatting about Zilkeen. Thank you very much, Zilkeen, for your support, and yep. talking about all the uses they'd had for Zilkeen. Some some of the trainers were sort of saying they didn't feel that it had the response desired response to their dogs that they thought it would and the interesting thing was the majority of the rest of the trainer said oh well you must be doing something wrong because we've had some fantastic responses to it and then one of the other vets said you can actually use it up to five times the dose on the side of the bottle to see an effect so i hadn't hadn't heard of that so if you're using zilkeen and you feel like you're not getting the effect of the anxiety lowering that that it does cause in, in in dogs and cats you can increase the dose up to five times and the only um the only side effect you might see is a little bit of diarrhea so it's a good yeah right it's good to know we've got a big big dose range but they'll they'll be calm with the diarrhea so that's that's important a calm diarrhea is very important yes you don't want a stressy diarrhea that's not good at all no 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 no. and also big thank (laughs) you and big thank you also to our patreon supporters uh we really appreciate you guys um we we love everything you that you do and you support and if you'd like to support us on patreon please go to patreon.com uh search for two vets talk pets and uh you can throw us a couple of bucks which really help us help help robbie uh pay for cutting a new key for his house perhaps uh, maybe a couple of keys lewis so i can leave one under the doorstep and uh and attach one to my key ring so at least that way if i lose my car keys even if i walk home i can still have a key so i can get inside and podcast actually inside rather than having uh people walking past uh looking at why I'm talking uh, in in my on my phone in my car. Great idea. And why don't we get over your address, mate, while we're there, and um and then uh, listeners can find that key under the doorstep as as well. Come come and say good day. Absolutely. Um, but uh, we'll just we'll publish that. We'll publish the actual address in six months when we move out. We'll put it in the show notes. Probably. We'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. We'll put, we, we'll put a, a link to Google Maps. That'll make I'll, everyone. I'll be there waving as the uh, as the Google car goes past. That'll make everyone read the show notes. We put it in there, mate. And then I mean, then anyone, anyone can visit you at any time of the day or night. Just drop on in if you have got a problem. Oh, just I'd, just I'd drop on in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring around some pierogi. You know, we'll, we'll give you two bets, <laughs> pet sticker. Yeah, maybe a t-shirt even. And a T-shirt. Why yeah, not? And, yeah. and a coffee mug. I found one of those while I was packing up. Oh, well, so. no, well, yeah, very good. Nice, nice. Oh, because, because I don't drink coffee, you know. I sit, sit there. Oh. I've got, uh, I've got this collection of fantastic mugs that uh, Christina says. What are we going to do with all these mugs? Because you don't drink coffee. And I go, well I, well, I can't, I can't get rid of it. No, no. The op shop, they won't take that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Collector's item, mate. Collector's item. eBay, eBay, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, now I wanted to t- I wanted to tell you a little story about. Um, I was talking to uh, the kids' PE teacher the other day. Yeah. And, um, we might need to move on, mate. Sorry, to interrupt because you. No, we'll, you've we'll, got cover, to... we'll cover that next week. Yeah. Let's crack on with that yeah. next week. Do that next week. Maybe we'll move on to some news. Do you reckon? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. So, got... oh, I've got some news. I've got I've got a job for Rosie, mate. Oh, what's her job? Oh, what I have. Is... 
Oh, yeah, go. It's about time she started. It's about time she started uh, paying her own way. So. Well, that's right. More than companionship and cuddles, mate. There's got to be something you get. You get. Uh, yes. What so do you got? For this it? this was an email I received, and the subject was: Does your dog like treats? Yes, she does. Whew, first criteria down. So Fantastic. There we go. Good. Done. Good. All right. Great, mate. We'll move on to the next one. Absolutely. <laughs> so, does your does your dog like treats? Was the heading. We are looking for volunteer dogs to undergo treat preference research trials. The aim of this work is to determine the palatability of black soldier fly larvae as a treat for domestic dogs and compare this to other dog treats. Right. So, does Rosie like maggots? Well, (laughs) gee whiz. Um, I've seen her eat. I've seen her eat weird stuff. That's for sure. Um, I don't know about maggots, you know. But gee whiz, you know. I guess you never say no until you're giving it a shot, Lewis. Exactly. And look, it's got an acronym, mate. The the black soldier fly larvae. The BSFL. What's the acronym? I love a good acronym. The BSFL. BSFL. Black soldier fly larvae, mate. It sounds like a, uh, a a Northern Victorian football league. Yeah, it sounds like breed specific legislation to me as well. <laughs> Absolutely, and that, and that was um, that, that that was a load of stinky stuff. So the the, the black soldier fly larvae might have been uh, attracted to that. Yeah. Now here's the here's the corker, mate. No previous training is required, but dogs right. must be in good health. No previous health concerns. Okay. Yeah. Yep. No problem. And be able to be to tolerate being fed different diets. Sure, on different diets. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, she poos six times a day no matter what we feed her. So, you Perfect. know, that's not, um, I, I would, yeah, it should be fine. Perfect. No mention of, 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 uh, of fecal matter, but but that's good. Thanks for bringing that up. Dogs dogs will be more suited to this research if they are slightly fussy eaters. Now, I know we're a whippet, so I imagine we are a little bit fussy. No, mate, no, no. no. If it's not nailed down, she's into it. All right. This, Okay. Have uh, and they have we shown. We can lie it. about that one. We can, we can, we can fudge that. That's yeah, I don't fine. think it matters because I think a few Labradors have, 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 uh, have applied as well. So this study yep. we conducted at the University of Melbourne Parkville and Werribee campuses from the start of October two thousand and nineteen. So I got this email. I thought, right, it says uh, for further information, contact Amy Kerr. So I emailed Amy Kerr. I thought. Amy, I need a little bit of background on what's going on. What is this about the the BSFL, the Black yes. Soldier Fly Larvae? So, human non-meat food waste. This is what I got back from Amy. Human yep. non, non-meat food waste, for example, vegetable waste from supermarkets, can be redirected away from landfill and instead used to feed a valuable insect larvae, the Black Soldier Fly Larvae. Which can, right. which can then be processed and used as a healthy, high-protein dog treat. Insect protein is natural, low-cost cost, and high-quality, while also being environmentally sustainable. Further BSFs are endemic. Furthermore, BSFs are endemic to Australia and do not carry transferable diseases. They, hey, they, are, they are cheap to grow and maintain because of this production of this protein source is via... Sorry. They are cheap to grow and maintain because of this. The production of this protein source is viable and likely to be beneficial as a healthy, high-protein treat source for domestic dogs. Wow, so, there you go. So I thought, all right, I'll Google it. See what's going yeah. on. Oh, mate, Google... Anyone out there, Google... We'll put a link in the show notes. Google Black Soldier Fly Larvae. The first thing you get up is an amazing video of them murdering a 16-inch pizza in two hours. 
You're kidding. And that 16 inch, but murdering it, they say. Wow. Not quite the terminology you want to hear when you're talking about maggots, I think. No, but, but you know, imagine um, maybe that's what they need to do when they're talking about their black soldier fly larvae. Is there, is there any talk, Lewis, of the different flavours of the larvae depending on what it is that they've murdered uh, while they're creating their high-value protein? You know, if they are, are they pepperoni-flavoured once they've gone through and chewed on the pizza or, you know, if they're, if they're chewing on a, on a pumpkin, are they pumpkin-flavoured? That's a good point, mate. But I think more to the point, are they, are they keen on the pineapple on the pizza or are they in the other non Pineapple pizza camp. Oh, are we going to get into this again? Yeah, you know, on, on yeah. Or not the pineapples of pizza. That's yeah, a, right. Yeah, that's, and the chicken is chicken and not pizza. Is that okay as well? Jeez, there's, there's, a, sauce, there's a lot you know? of yeah. There's a lot of things I didn't ask, mate. So in this <laughs> in this trial, she's hoping for a minimum of thirty to fifty dogs for the trial. Yeah, Essentially, right. the basis of these trials is determine whether BSFL are a high-value treat option for domestic dogs. We're comparing these dried larvae with a comparison protein dried and processed in a similar way uh, treats. Flake, chicken, beef, pork, lamb, etc. The, right. do- the dogs are presented with the two options and allowed to sniff and investigate. Then they are drawn back by the owner who is acting as their handler. <laughs> and we place bits of the two options on little bowls and slowly draw the bowls apart at equal distance. The dogs are then allowed to decide which treat option they would prefer to eat. Right. This, this is done several more times, making sure to swap the size of larvae and comparison are on, as somehow some dogs just always pick one side. And we can attempt to determine which options the dog will choose to eat the larvae over others. So... If you are out there and you would like to participate in this amazing research study, because Rosie's taken one of the spots, so we're down to need a minimum of, of, of 29 to 49 dogs for the trial now. Yeah, good, you good. Need, no, you need to be able to bring your dog into Melbourne Uni Parkville campus around an hour, or depending on how long the dog needs. Typically, a dog which has shown some preference to a specific feed over others will show a more solid preference, but we still have some Labradors involved in the study which are definitely not fussy with their food. Yeah. If this sounds like your dog, you can send an email to Amy Kerr, and I'll give the email address. It's A-E-K-E-R-R-98 at gmail.com. And you can be one of the ones to see if your dog likes eating... Well, maggots. Nice. So, um, so, so Rosie's uh, got her name down, has she? Because uh, that'd be something I'd be uh, interested in being a part of. See whether or not she actually digs it. Yeah, we can put, we certainly put her on the put her on the list, mate. You know, well, from what I understand, it, it is crossed out the thirty to fifty dogs. And it's twenty nine to forty nine of them on my notes. So, I'm pretty sure she's in there, mate. Fantastic, good stuff. Yep. Right, she'll, she'll be very happy. <laughs> Excellent, mate. All righty, now how are we going for time? Oh, you got a little bit of time. Let, let's, I reckon let's crack the disclaimer and then we'll get on and we'll, um, we'll rip shreds through this um, National Geographic Ooh, yeah. show. All right, mate, go for it. So all advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as the veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Go for it, mate. Coming off the long run. Right. So this, uh, we talked about this last week, what we touch on this week. And it's about the new, there's a new show on TV on, on National Geographic Channel called, I think it's called Wild Dog Impossible. 
Now, I've yeah, seen, right. seen a little bit on YouTube of it. I haven't watched it. I, I, can't, I haven't got subscriptions to those expensive channels. But um, but this is a open letter from the leadership team at the International Association of Animal Behaviour Consultants. Um, right. Which, which, you know, they're a pretty, pretty whiz-bang association. You know, they, they cover UK, Australia, America. Um, they have a lot of uh, behaviourists in there who perhaps aren't vets as well um and um and and also who they've done a phd in behavior that we, we've talked about previously so i'm going to quote from this article and read through and we'll have a, have a chat as we go along so go for it the international the international association of animal behavior consultants applaud national geographic's mission to offer intelligent relevant and captivating non-fiction entertainment this is a crucial objective especially as an introduction to children and viewers largely relying on television for their scientific information you can buttering them up you can expect them up. well you're expecting a butt to come for sure yeah yeah show us the big butt however yeah. Your stated mission is in direct conflict with your show, Dog Colon Impossible. In fact, right. the irresponsible treatment of the dogs and people on this show flies in the face of all best practices in animal training and behavior. Rather than promoting science and scientifically proven methodology, Dog Impossible sacrifices learning science for more dramatic television. Mm-hmm. Now, this has this has uh, visions of Caesar Milan all over it too, mate. This is what he did. Absolutely, exactly. yeah. Matt reeks of it, mate. Reeks of it. Matt Beesner. Now he's the host. I think he's the inverted commas dog trainer on the show. Right. Matt Beesner appears to have no credentials or education in training and behaviour. Yet he refers to himself as a behaviourist. Oh! Uh, well, we've talked about this before that anyone can have that shingle as long as you're not a vet. You can toy some. Not a vet. You can toy some of a behaviourist. He his claim that energy is the one language that every animal on the planet speaks makes clear he is not one. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, right. Yeah. What, what? You mean Reiki's no good? What? What? Energy. Energy is yeah, the one Reiki, language. Bowens, you know, oh. um, entropy, you know. Um, <laughs> What's entropy? What's that one? Oh, it, well, entropy is the energy of uh, chemical reactions, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. Think back to my chemistry days. Wow. Right, eh? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so... His statement, you don't need tricks, you don't need treats, you don't need force, shows just how unaware of his own actions he is. His misuse of scientific terminology leads viewers to believe they are learning demonstrated safe and accepted strategies in helping their dogs. In fact, Mr. Beesner is forcing these dogs from start to finish of each episode. His own, inverted commas, tricks are that of overstressing dogs until they're in a state referred to in psychology and science as learned helplessness. Now, we've talked about learned, <laughs> learned helplessness before. but Yeah, it, we talked about that with the, um, the anesthesia-free dentals, didn't we? Yes, yeah, spot on, mate. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Learned helplessness occurs when a subject endures repeated aversive stimuli beyond their control, and essentially they give up. They stop moving. And it seems like, oh, look, they're relaxed. But no, they're actually in a full shutdown mode. Yeah, right. Originally thought to show a subject's acceptance of their powerlessness, this was in the olden days, for more than half a century, it's been known instead to be the emotional shutting down. Oh, I could have written this myself of the subject. (laughs) 
Anxiety, clinical depression, and related mental illnesses are common consequences of this technique in humans. Right. Allow us to note some aspects of the trailer and his shows. But first, to point out a few well-documented and commonly understood aspects of dog behavior so we may better make our points understood. Canine body language indicators of stress and severe stress. And they've given a bit of a list here. Compressed bodies, dry, raspy panting, wide open eyes with dilated pupils, heavy drooling, whipping head and body back, pushing off a handler in order to get away, growling, fighting and biting. Yeah, right. 11 seconds into the trailer, Mr. Beesner rubs his hands together, smiling and says, this is going to get going to be gnarly. All all professionals know... Know from that statement what the series will spotlight. A poorly, if at all, educated non-professional pushing dogs way beyond therapeutic limits in the name of, inverted commas, results. Yeah. Wow. Flooding, the term for inundating a subject with their fears, phobias and triggers is ethically questionable at best, cruel and is ethically questionable at best, cruel and unnecessary always. There is also a common dangerous spontaneous recovery of the phobia. This is because flooding doesn't replace the fear response with a different response. It just replaces it with no response. No response is simply suppression, not a cure. Right. Throughout the trailer... Dogs are flooded with aversive stimuli such as other dogs, people, and equipment, something an ethical professional would not and could not do per any answerable guidelines of animal training and behaviour care. Yes. Systematic desensitisation and counter-conditioning, gradual exposure to the feared object and a replacement of a negative emotional association with a more pleasant one, often food, are the recommended techniques used to treat such fear and aggression cases per all legitimate veterinary training and behaviour organisations and podcasts. Absolutely, yes. and we're there on the forefront. Exactly, mate. Sorry, I should have said per all legitimate podcasts, comma, veterinary, comma, training and behaviour organisations. Yes, sorry, mate. Got that but, order but, wrong. Especially ones that are internationally recognised on the syllabus of vet schools. That's right, in, in Poland. Poland, yes. Yes, yes. By, by isn't a statement that, we know at the Zen Yard that dogs help other dogs come out of their shell and face their fear and get past right, their aggression. On. Yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. The Zen Yard. I was just going to say, yeah, let's let, let's wind it back a little bit there and just just take me back to the Zen Yard. It's, it's, it's where the energy's made, mate. It's where all animals have their energy made, back at the Zen Yard. The, the Xenia yeah, Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just wanted to check and make sure that I'd, that I'd heard that properly. The Xenia. I'm pretty sure uh, maybe I could uh, maybe I could do with the Xenia out in my backyard. You know, get some uh, some wind chimes up and maybe some uh, some dream catches. You know, is that, is that what he's got in his, his Xenia, Lewis? Well, I'm pretty sure it's probably next to the junkyard by the sound of it, mate. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> or, what he's producing these days. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Anyway, sorry, back, back, back to where you were. Sorry, sorry to... Uh, oh. All good, all good, mate. His words ring hollow during the very scene playing while he says these words. Beesner restraining one dog while his co-host pulls a leash dog to the first in a completely unnatural gesture, perhaps intended to either mimic natural dog greeting, brackets it doesn't, or to flood the heavily drooling dog who's unable to move or get away. The dogs end up in a fight. They've been set up to fail and the outcome is inevitable. Ah. Uh. And, and so this clown's got himself a sidekick too. He's got himself a Robin. Oh yeah! In the trailer, the assistant host Stephanie Diorio. Oh, no, oh not, so not, he's got himself a lady host. She's quite a cookie, I think that one. 
right. states. Stephanie DiOrio. See what I did there? If yes, we had yes, sounds, yes. mate, there'd be there'd be there'd be drums after. <laughs> <laughs> Nervousness can easily turn to fear, which can lead to aggression. This is an accurate statement, which is why yes. it's so confusing. The entire show will be pr- predicated on pushing dogs to the very edge of survivable stress and into predictable aggression, doubling down on the issues that their owners are struggling with. We know that the dramatic changes in behaviour from stressed and wildly aggressive to calm dogs, in inverted commas, make for a compelling TV. So the calm dogs are those shut down, learned helplessness dogs we're talking about. Yes, yeah. Uh Compelling TV. To an average pet owner, it looks like these dogs are making huge improvements. All clients just want their dog to stop being aggressive. However, yes. we also know that behavior suppression is not the same as behavior modification. That a stressed and shut down dog is more dangerous animal than one who is actually showing aggression. And that the long-term prognosis of this kind of intervention is poor for both client and their dog. And the thing that really... Yeah, rings true with me there is um, often when owners punish their dog for growling. So they tell the dog off for growling and then they say the dog's actually now aggressive out of the blue. It doesn't growl, yeah. it just suddenly bites. And that's because it's learned to suppress its growling and just go straight yeah. to aggression now and never show any warning. So that's why I always say to owners that growling's actually a good sign. The dog's saying, I'm not comfortable. It's saying to you who've got the brains, reassess this situation and make it comfortable for me, please. Or if you keep pushing me, I will bite you. It's a warning sign, isn't it? Yeah. Like that's their way of saying that I'm I am not happy here. And if they're not showing you that, if they're going to go straight from zero to one hundred and twenty, oh, well, that's when the teeth come out. Exactly. It is also worth pointing out that, like his predecessor, Mister Beesner's assessment. So his predecessor, uh, I think we're going somewhere here. We yes, might be, maybe the, the uh, Mister Milan. Oh, I think they might be going with Mister Milan. Mister Beesner's assessment, of course, for much of the issue he's asked to address is simple, made especially clear in episode four, where he not only saves a dog, he inverted commas saves a marriage. Oh, did did he um did, did he uh, try to suppress the uh, the behaviour of uh, the uh, the the husband and wife as well sort of get them both into submission of their aggression so that then they uh, they showed no signs of response and took that as a success. Oh well, he he knows how to sort marriages, mate, because women are unable to effectively lead, must be stronger, must change their ways. So in his words, misogyny it seems cures dogs but dog behaviour problems. Well, how does um how how does uh, uh Robin de, de Oreo feel about that? Yeah, well, that's true. How does the biscuit feel about that situation? Yeah. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the clients on the show represent thousands of clients throughout the U.S. and beyond. Yeah, well, Australia as well, with whom we work every day, helping them to help their dogs. Far from being dogs in brackets, other people don't work with, the dogs on your show are exactly the clients and dogs that the IAABC, so that's the that's uh, that's the guys who've written the, uh, if I can find the, their acronym somewhere here, I've lost it, that's the uh, International Association of Animal Behaviour Consultants, Certified yep. Dog Behaviour Consultants, as well as members of the American College of Veterinary Behaviourists, Certified Applied Animal Behaviourists, and also um, uh, members of the Australian College of, of Veterinary Sciences in Australia, specialists yep. in, in Australia. They're the sorts of dogs we work with every day. Absolutely. But the difference is we do using the best practice of our field, adopted by the leading behaviour and training organisations without psychologically or physically harming the animals we work with. 
Yes. The IAABC urges Nat Geo Wild to stop promoting this public miseducation. The tactics employed in the name of entertainment aren't necessarily harsh and potentially dangerous to the public, and they teach yet another generation of Nat Geo watchers absolutely incorrect and harmful practices. It remains a mystery why your network is so intent on harming dogs after years of Caesar Milan to now bring in a man equally unskilled who equates terrified, angry and attrapped dogs to his own addiction history is remarkable. Wow, an addiction history. Wow, they've st- they're touching on it. They're touching on married life. They're touching on the guy's addiction. They're, they're, not, they're not holding punches, are they? They're throwing some serious shade over this, dude. Yes. Are we really satisfied conflating ego with compassion, self-focus with an understanding of animal behavior? Is this the science your mission stands for? The damage Nat Geo is doing to dogs by choosing this type of programming is outstanding. We can only assume that the producers are unaware of this, and it's hard to imagine such harm and cruelty would be deliberate. Would you show a reality program on heart surgery with a photogenic self-taught doctor or surgeon? Simply stating the star was not a doctor before showing him mutilating a real patient. Wow, that hits home. Gee whiz. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an analogy. That's a, a analogy, isn't it? Analogy. <laughs> it's it's very very valid though. I think. It's quite valid. Saying you know, you wouldn't let you wouldn't just let some bloke off the street do a heart operation on 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 yourself or on anyone. Why would no. you let an unqualified you know um, dog trainer just come in and and train the dogs in the most difficult problems, or try and solve your marriage problems? <laughs> yes, yes, because women are weak. Remember, or something no, like well, that. That's right. That's well, what well, they, he said. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, they've got to be stronger. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Unbelievable. Please stop this cruel and dangerous programming. To do otherwise is to support the self-taught heart surgery and all the consequences it would bring that this show is currently bringing to families struggling with their dogs. Professionals refer to Caesar Milan's influence on dog training as, inverted commas, job security because so many dogs ruined or made far worse by his teachings that are brought to us by well-intentioned Often weeping owners desperate for real help. Often it is too late. Yeah, look, that's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, absolutely. You get this at work, mate, every day. Well, perhaps because I'm more of a behaviour bent, but certainly every day I get I have to refute sort of Caesar Milan's methods of poking dogs and uh, and using yeah. aversive techniques and tell them why that's that's really actually made their dog worse and we need to to move on to something that's going to make their dog better. So I really feel for, feel for them in that situation. And it's really hard as well because, you know, the unfortunate thing is we've we've spent so long as consumers believing what we see on the television that then people automatically think, well, hang on, if this guy's got a TV show, well, then he must be right, you know. And, and mate, you know, you could use that analogy on podcasts really too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because these guys got a podcast, they know what they're talking about. Exactly what they're talking exactly, about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sure, you know, but hopefully we do, and we do. We're not looking at cruelty at all, or, or you know, we're we're uh, we've got some we've got some vet and vet and some degrees behind us, haven't we, mate? Some bona fide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah we're not word. just um, we're, we're not we're not looking at uh, you know, using our zen yards to try and uh, realign the energy, be it entropy or not, um, to try and uh, re-establish someone's marriage or their dog's behaviour. Exactly, and we're certainly not photogenic, self-taught, uh, you know, podcasters, are we? 
No, not no. at all. No, that's 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 why we that's why I do mine in my car, mate. <laughs> hey, um, now how's this? As a question without notice, yeah. um, you know, isn't it funny how you always get these clowns thinking that they can try and dominate dogs, but you never see them trying to do it to cats because they know that cats are just going to absolutely wipe the floor with them. Yes, yes, yeah. Do- oh, yeah. If you try and do dominance on cats, they'll, they'll come back to you ten times worse. So, yeah, oh, any yeah. sort of any yeah. sort of aversive on a cat, you know what they how they respond. So, but oh. I, I suppose you know, these guys do only work with dogs, and that's what they say: only work with dogs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in- interesting though. So. So then they move on. They say, you know, contact to the IAABC if you want some actual, uh, you know, some actual uh, scientific or, or considered approach to, to these methods. And then the the, uh, the letter is signed off from Maya Alonso, the executive director of the IAABC for the board of directors. So if you're out there listening to this podcast in Poland and Nat Geo is on the uh, the wild dog wild impossible is on the TV, turn it off. Turn it off and send and send them a terse email or maybe maybe tweet them. Yes, yes, fantastic. Or or bring it up at your next uh, when you next discuss the Australian podcast. Um, bring it up uh, at the lecture as well. Put it put it in the put it in the syllabus. Put that in the syllabus too. Absolutely, sounds like a good plan to me. Excellent, mate. Now you're going to be running late for your physio appointment, so we got we got to sign off. Christina and the kids just came past, and I scared the crap out of them because I tapped on the window. They go, "What are you doing in there?" And Ruben's trying to talk to me with the towel around. He's like, "No, mate, go inside. Daddy's podcasting." So, um, so it's the yeah, it, I'm it's it, get to the it's the it mask you've got on, mate. That's what's scaring them. Take it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. In the car's not the weird part. You so. sign off, mate, and I'll I'll, I'll do the uh, do everything else. Oh, oh yeah, good on you. So, um, thank you very much, everyone. Peace out, and we'll uh, we'll we'll. See you next time. All right. Well, so as Robbie signs off there, look, if you've got any questions for us, uh, get us on 2vetstalkpets at gmail.com. Um, you, can, uh, you can get us on Patreon if, if you want to support us. If you're in Poland and you want to support us, um, please do. Uh, we, we would love love your support as Robbie starts his car and heads off to his, to, to his physio appointment. Um, and also you can get us on the – oh, he's back in. Oh, I'm back. Yeah, I'm actually in the car now on car speakerphone, so I'm driving off to the uh, to an appointment as it is, so I can still be there for the uh, for the sign off. Oh, fantastic, mate! Sounds like you're going to the moon the way you're talking. That's great. All right. <laughs> I'm just going through outer space, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll be losing contact soon. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll we'll see you next week. Scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.